Happy Friday and welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 67 and I'm your host Rachel Anthony. Today is a Q&A solo session like I promised every other Friday and this Friday I actually saved the questions so that I could answer them um, unlike the last one where I forgot to screenshot them and then they disappeared on me. So we are, I'm just going to answer the questions that you guys asked on Instagram, and if you have any other questions that you want me to answer in the future Q&A episodes, um, you can wait for the question box, or you can just DM me or email me or anything, and I will include them in the next episode. Um, Side note, if you don't follow me on my poolside Instagram, I have officially launched my online Instagram course. I will put it in the show notes below in case you're interested. If you are a small business... Um, or even if you want to up your personal Instagram, it's a beginner's Instagram course focused on small businesses, but also it's just good information if you want to really pull your Instagram together. It is not influencer related. It is strictly just Instagram. That's why I'm kind of aiming it towards small business. There's no influencer stuff in it. If you have influencer questions, which lots of these are influencer questions that are coming up in this episode so clearly you do if you do have questions like that just dm me and i can answer them for you so let's get into it i am a tad sick so i'm hoping my voice doesn't sound too terrible today so i'll just go through i have it in front of me on my phone so i'm just gonna go through them as they came in so first question do you get intimidated by people This is the only one that's not really like business social media related, but I thought it was an interesting question because I get very intimidated by people. Uh, I always have. I haven't um, ever been like the super cool person or the super popular person um, like growing up in school or anything. And I always looked up to people being like, oh, look at what they have. It's so cool. Like, I wish I could be like them, Um, which I know is very like typical low self-confidence situation. Um... But even now, even though I own my own business and do my own stuff, um, I still get intimidated by other people whom I deem more successful or are just, I'd hate using the word cool because it's, that's not really what it is, but in a general sense, just people that I feel are ahead of me or above me or um, just know more. I get intimidated by people, especially if you have to talk to them in real life or going to events where you know some of these people are going to be. Uh, I find it very intimidating. And I have no solution for that. Um, Besides that, once you actually talk to somebody or get to know somebody, it turns out that we are all the same and all going through the same problems and don't really know what we're doing. So even though I know that, I get intimidated by people. But as soon as I get to know someone, if I have the chance to sit down with someone, then um, I feel like you just see people more as equals and lose the intimidation factor. So yeah, that's the answer to that question. Um, next question. What is a good number of good hashtags you suggest to use to get noticed locally? So I would suggest using about 15 to 20 hashtags for your Instagram posts. Um, I would suggest doing most of them locally, but then including a few more that are just a little bit more general, um, just in case people do look up those hashtags, even though they are in your city. Um, 
15 to 20, I would specify specifically for your business and the city. So I would do like a couple different sections of hashtags within that amount. So I would do some that are just the city that you're in. So like hashtag YYC, hashtag Calgary, and make it just city specific. And then I would do ones that are city plus industry specific. So like YYC fitness, YYC spin, Calgary yoga, things like that, that if people are looking for that in the city, then they will come to your page. So doing both. Um, Also just, you should always geotag as well. That's not a hashtag, obviously, but that helps your posts to get noticed in the city that you're in. Also for your stories, I would highly suggest including the geotag for the city you're in, as well as a couple general hashtags for your city. And you can always hide those behind a sticker or behind your actual post, like a photo or anything on the story. So that's what I recommend, 15 to 20 hashtags that are fairly locally based. Next question, could you talk about what meaningful engagement means to you? Engagement on Instagram is such a funny thing because we're all battling the algorithm and it's basically all based on engagement. However, you want engagement to be actually authentic. Like I don't need 30 comments that are just like, good job, nice work, you're beautiful. Like I don't need that. That's very not useful, especially if you're a small business, because if people are just commenting random things, like you actually just want these people to buy your product or service or use your business. And so having use useless engagement is not helpful. Um, as a business commenting on other people's posts, um, make it engaging and make it authentic. So actually look at the photo and actually read the caption and actually comment something that is relevant to what they have posted. Comments that are more than four words are considered an actual comment and anything less than that is considered spam by Instagram. I don't always comment super long comments. Sometimes all you have to say is that like, that's a great shot or you actually mean it, but authentic engagement according to Instagram is more than four words. So just keep that in mind. Um, Asking questions on your post or in your stories and then actually replying to people is also meaningful engagement. So anything that is authentic and actually related to your business with people that are interested in your business, I would say is meaningful engagement. Otherwise, it looks good for numbers and everything, but it's not relevant if no one's going to purchase your service or product. What are the steps to successful collaboration? Collaborations are also a very interesting topic as well as influencer marketing. I feel like everyone is still learning from both the business side and the influencer side just to see what works and what the like unofficial rules are since it's so new um, and everyone does it differently. For me personally, a successful collaboration is one that I feel excited to post about and sometimes you get an email and you're like oh this is going to be so good and then by the end of the collaboration period you just are so tired of either having to email these people or not having great communication and you just like don't want to post whatever the final product was so successful collaboration would be initial communication that is authentic and that they've actually looked at your profile. So from an, I'll do this from an influencer's perspective, just because 
that's what I know the most. So if I get an email from a brand that they've actually looked at my profile and it is an actual good collaboration, like sometimes I'll get emails that are like, oh, I think this would be really great. It really fits your profile, but it's something like makeup or some sort of like fashion accessory. And I'm, I don't ever post about any of that. So clearly you didn't look closely just because you like the photo I've taken doesn't mean that I'm going to want to use or post about your product. However, you can still try. Maybe I am looking for that random thing that I've never posted about before. You never know, but be fully prepared that I probably will say no because it doesn't line up with what I usually post about. However, if you've gone past that, look at the profile. It's going to fit. I've posted about it before or something related to that. So sending an email that's like, hey, look at your profile. Um, it looks great. It seems that you were really into fitness and I am a fitness related company doing this and I think we could work really well together. Um, what I'm looking for is for this campaign with these deliverables. Personally, I'm not sure if this is like across the board, but personally, I just like to know what a brand is looking for. Like I want good communication, but I also don't want you to like beat around the bush. Like just tell me what you're looking for because you're looking for something and I'm looking for something. So just be straight forward about it. Um, I can't even imagine how many emails like really big influencers get, even just as a super micro influencer. I probably get two or three emails a day asking for collaboration of some sort or DMs. So just being really clear that you've looked at my profile, you know who I am, you haven't copy and pasted this email to 20 other influencers and you're telling me what campaign or product or result you're looking for. So put that in the email and then if you don't want to ask for budget, like if you can't offer budget as a small business, um, you need to make it worthwhile for someone to do this just as an exchange for product. Um, I'm happy to support local businesses because I know people and it's a closer connection and um, I want to support small businesses in my own city. However, if you are a bigger company that I know you have a marketing budget, it's really hard for me to give my services for free if you are not willing to pay for like the marketing and advertising value of it. So put that in the email, whether or not you can, you have a budget to pay or this is strictly a exchange of services. And then moving forward, giving a timeline, like do you need to see this post before it's approved? Do you need to read the caption? Are there key messages? Are there specific hashtags? So just tell me that. Um, where I think a lot of my collaborations kind of fall apart or where I start to get really frustrated with working with PR companies or specific brands is they don't want to give over creative direction. So if you're hiring me as an influencer as opposed to just creating an ad with models and setting up a photo shoot, you have to let me create a post how I would create it and use my creative discretion and how I would show this product in the most like natural and organic way for me. Um, there's a lot of times where I will have taken a photo that I think would go good on my feed and looks like the photos I've posted. So I assume that the company wants those types of photos since that's what I post, but I will get asked to retake them in a very specific way. Um, being like, you need to look like this, you need to be in this location, you need to have these props, this person has to be in it, and it's very specific. And because I've already signed a contract, technically, 
I just go through with it. Um, also because most of these ones are paid and I've already given my time to it. So I just go through with it and then post it. However, I have now lost interest in working with them again, knowing how people have handled certain collaborations. And so if you're going to hire an influencer because you like what they're posting, you have to let them do it however they see fit. You're trusting them that they will take a good enough content that their followers want to see. Um, I think that is what makes or breaks a successful collaboration is just having the mutual understanding of what both parties are offering, if that makes sense. So that can be tough because as a PR company, you're looking for very specific photos and content. But what I would suggest is if you're going to do influencer marketing, you let the influencers, I mean, under direction, like you can't, you need your product to be in the photo. Like I, you need to have specific guidelines. But other than that, influencers should be allowed to do and create whatever content they want. And then if you need specific photos for your feed, then you can set up a photo shoot with models and direct it specifically like you want and treat that as more of like an ad. Um, influencer marketing and advertising are creating the same response, but are different when putting together the creative package. If you have any questions on that, uh, please DM me. I feel like I rambled, but I am very passionate about collaborations and influencer marketing and letting influencers have a little bit of the control over creative, uh, mostly because I'm in the middle of a couple collaborations that are um, not letting me do that. So I have lots of opinions on that topic. Um, next question. What advice would you give to someone wanting to start in the influencer world? So I get a lot of people asking this, especially like friends or people that I know, um, lots of DMs, I go for coffee with a lot of people that want to get into the influencer world. Um, anybody can. It is a saturated market or oversaturated market, but basically every market and industry is oversaturated now, um, especially when it comes to the internet or photography or anything that's um, in this realm of things. So it's all oversaturated. So I believe that uh, anybody can jump into the influencer world if they want to put in the time and effort and really understand what goes behind it. Um, it is harder to get going now um, just because of how Instagram is now set up and there are so many people that you are competing with. However, there's no reason that you cannot get into it. So the first thing I would say, I think I've gone over this actually in a couple podcasts, um, but the first thing I would say is just think about why you want to become an influencer. If your first thought is that you want to make money off of Instagram and you want free stuff, then you're already starting off on the wrong foot and you probably won't be that successful because you'll probably quit in two months when you realize that you actually have to enjoy um, creating content and doing all the other things that come with being an influencer, um, which is like, I'm not complaining about it. It's, I really, really enjoy it. And I started blogging and Instagramming before it was even called influencing. And I did it for fun because it was just a creative outlet. Um, and now it's just lucky enough that I can turn it into more of a business. However, so that's my first step of advice, like why you want to do this. The second one would be you have to create content. So Think about what type of content you want, what type of influencer you want to be, and you kind of have to niche down. You can't do everything. 
I've somehow figured out to, I have a wide range of things that I post about and do, um, but it mostly boils down to fitness and wellness and a little bit of lifestyle, but I don't do beauty stuff. I don't do um, like family dog things. Um, you have to just cut out a couple categories so that you are being a little specific so your audience knows what they're getting. Um, so I would do that. I would start creating content ASAP. If you have a camera, that is great. You need someone to take the photos. You can use iPhone photos. I know lots of people that do that. However, if you want to, if you're just starting, just take it as seriously as possible and create the best content that you can. There, Everyone has a camera nowadays. Everyone's creating great content. So you have to not only be at everyone else's level, but you also have to have a unique perspective on what you're creating. So you can hire a photographer. You can get your friend to take the photos or your partner if they want to. Um, create content. I probably create content at least once a week. Usually it's twice a week just so that I have photos ready to go because I try to post every day. So you can't have one photo shoot that you post every day. So you have to build up folders and folders of photos of your face to make it easier to post every day. I would do that and then I would start engaging. So like I said, with the authentic engagement, start engaging with other accounts. So in your city, in your industry, other influencers that you look up to, just start engaging authentically and genuinely with people on Instagram. That will get your name out there and just show that you're interested as well as boost your algorithm on your Instagram. Uh, your Instagram has to be public. I have a couple people that want to be influencers, but they have a private account. You have to have a public account because people have to be able to follow you. Um, you don't have to have a business account. However, if you start to get into collaborations, you need to have the analytics. So you're going to have to eventually turn it into a business account, but you can leave it personal until you need the analytics behind it. And what else would I say? Uh, post on stories every day, show people your life, uh, get used to being more open about what you're doing because that's what people want on Instagram and with influencers is a like more realistic look into what people's lives look like and not just the super perfect photos. In terms of getting your first like partnership or collaboration, um, I'm not exactly sure how new influencers do it, but personally, I would say you can't ask for money. Just like a job that you had no experience with, you couldn't just go and ask for the same amount of money that people have been doing it for 10 years, for example. So you're not going to make money right away. So again, like I said, if that's your goal, then you're going to have to re- rethink about why you're doing this. Um, lots of businesses, they do need promotion. And if you're being genuine about it and you're explaining to brands why they should work with you, then that's your best bet. So DM companies, be authentic about it. Don't copy and paste. People can tell nowadays, send emails and just pick brands that you genuinely use and like, and want to post about. Don't just send it to everybody because it just makes your account really messy and salesy and then the you lose the authenticity of your account. Again, if you have questions about that, please DM me because I feel like I don't want to ramble too much on this episode because I didn't want to make it super long. Um, okay, another influencer question. When did you decide on 
being an influencer. So I never made the decision to be an influencer. Like I said, I started blogging before influencing was really a thing. And I just blogged because I was in a communications class one time in my second year and the professor asked who had a blog and literally everyone put up their hand except for me. So I went home and I started a blog. Uh, I've had different iterations of that blog since then, but probably like a year and a half after jumping into the blogging world, I started Frankly Ray to be like, this is what I'm doing. I have a name. I have a website. This is going to be real. Um, and then Instagram slowly became the way to drive traffic to your blog. And then I would, I think I've, if you've listened to the first episode actually of this podcast, I kind of go into my whole story, but for my blog, once I wrote a couple, I was like, what am I else am I going to write about? So I started asking small businesses and brands in Calgary to interview them to share their stories. So without really knowing what I was doing, that it technically was influencing at the time, I just wanted to share people's stories because I found them really fascinating and I found them more fascinating than what I had to say on my blog. So I reached out to companies to just literally just have an interview with them. I didn't ask for anything. Um, eventually I would ask for like a t-shirt or one of their products just to take photos that I had something to post on Instagram to drive them to my blog, but it just evolved from there. So I never made, I didn't wake up being like, I'm going to be an influencer. I didn't even call myself an influencer until probably a year or two ago when it really became like, that was what we were doing and it became an actual job title. But otherwise, um, I was just sharing people's stories and products and services on Instagram and it just evolved and as that evolved and you were able to charge and people were now using it as marketing then that was how it happened so wasn't a it was a choice that I kept doing it but it wasn't my intention to do what I'm doing now but super happy it worked out this way and I'm super lucky that this is how it happened it's a very interesting industry to be in and it also helps that I run a digital marketing agency as well so I spend a lot of time on Instagram for myself and small businesses and doing influencer campaigns as an influencer and as on the business side so I'm trying to get a well-rounded view and experience of what social media and influencer marketing is all about and try to stay on top of it as much as possible uh, last question Someone asked if I went to school for social media management or if I was self-taught. So I went to school for communications. Um, I graduated in 2014 from U of C and definitely U of C there was no social media curriculum. Um, I don't even think there was any at Mount Royal at the time. There is now, but when I was going to school that wasn't an option. People weren't really doing this as a job. Or if they were, I didn't know about it because I was too young and didn't know what other people were doing. But I didn't. I did communications, which don't recommend really unless you like writing essays, which I did, which is how I ended up in it. But I have never had to show anybody my certificate from U of C. So social media management and what I'm doing now has been just through experience and self-taught. I have always, not always, but I have been running other people's social media accounts and doing content creation for about eight years, seven or eight years. When I realized that businesses have Instagram for their business, I had friends who were running small businesses and t-shirt companies and I would 
help them. And I thought it was just super fun. I was doing it for free. It was on the side. It was just like a hobby to take photos and help post on Instagram. There was no algorithm. There was no anything. You were just posting photos. Um, and it was great. And that was how I got into it. And I have had side hustle, social media management clients since like my third year university. And then eventually like two years ago when I quit my full-time job, that was when I really decided to do it full-time and get enough clients to obviously sustain myself as a full-time job. So it's just been self-taught. I am subscribed to a ton of newsletters. I read a ton of articles. Every time there's a new thing that comes out, I read articles. I try it out. I listen to tons of podcasts about marketing and social media and business. I spend all of my free time consuming content from other people that are successful to then apply it to what I'm doing. So I've always done that. I've always just been super passionate about social media and that is how I've created this business. It's all been word of mouth. I haven't had to advertise myself, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, there was no schooling. I think there is schooling now. I think you can get like digital marketing degrees and social media and everything like that. However, I think there's enough information on the internet and just reaching out to people to ask questions and listening to podcasts and YouTube that there is no reason to go to school for it. Sorry to all the schools out there. Um, you can do it for free if you take the time to learn all of it and just get experience. So if you want to start social media management or your own business in this industry, then I recommend running your own Instagram and learning how to manage your own Instagram properly and consistently. And then if you have friends or family or whoever who has small businesses, just offer to do it for free. Just like any industry, interning and getting experience from people that already know what they're doing is the key. So that is my ramble for today. I hope I actually answered people's questions and they got um, good information out of it. If you like these types of episodes and have more questions, like I said, DM me or send me an email, which is rachel at poolsidedigital.ca. And I will answer them in the next Q&A, which will be the Friday in two weeks. These come out every other Friday. And I like doing them because I feel like I get a lot of questions all the time and go for coffee. And so I feel like just like in school, if one person has the question, probably multiple people have the question. So I find like this is a great way that we can all have the answers of my opinion. So thanks for listening. And please subscribe to my podcast. If you are not already, um, leave a rating and review on iTunes. That would be super helpful. And follow me on Instagram, Poolside Digital. And that is where you can find all the new episodes. And I think that's it. Um, have a good Friday.